With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Okay, again, good afternoon and welcome to Refuge uh, from the Storm Church. This is your call to worship for the first Saturday of April. That's April the 7th, 2018. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Again, I want to bring you greetings on behalf of our pastor, Dr. Millicent Black, and welcome you to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. And we pray that something that you hear today or witness today will encourage your your soul, your spirit, and that it will help to build you up. And in turn, we ask that you show encouragement and uh, to, to another brother or sister. And next week, we'll be right here, same time, same place. And we also encourage you to invite another TI or someone that supports you in this effort. We don't take it for granted. We know that your Saturdays are quite busy, but it's an honor to have you here with us as we gather together to worship the Lord. Today, our serving team will consist of Reverend Millicent Black, who will be our speaker of the hour. And we ask that you pray leading up to the message that, uh, so that her soul would be encouraged as she delivers the word. Elder Carolyn Cunningham will serve as our faithful worship leader. Sister Cassandra Lewis is our talk show manager and music coordinator, and today she will lead us in altar prayer. Our psalmist for the opening song will be Sister Elka Morris. And then Sister Rob will solicit a response to the, to the preached word through the invitation of discipleship. Just a few of our reminder announcements. Today we will celebrate our regularly scheduled uh, uh, Lord's Supper. And during the course of the worship service, Elder Carolyn will prompt you when you should gather up your elements. Please don't forget Wednesday night small group Bible study. That's uh, this coming Wednesday, April the 11th. And we, for our time, we're going to be going back to the International Sunday School Bible lesson curriculum. And the title of our lesson this week will be The Risen Lord Appears. And the scriptural focus will be John, the 21st chapter, the 1st through the 14th verses. And that's John, the 21st chapter, the 1st through the 14th verses. And if you forget the verses, just read all of John 21. We ask that you purpose in your heart at some point in the coming weeks to join us for one or more of our scheduled prayer times. We meet each Monday through Friday, early morning, that's 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 3.30 a.m. Pacific Time. 
And if you're not able to make those early morning um, prayer calls, please join us on Tuesdays at noontime Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that's, we call that our West Coast prayer time, especially uh, so that our West Coast uh, members and listeners and friends can join us in prayer. Then on Saturday mornings, our prayer team call me, uh, prayer team ministry meets, and that's at 11.30 Eastern Time, 10.30 Central Standard Time, and 8.30 a.m. Pacific Time, and Minister Juanita Purdy facilitates that call. So you have at least three times during the week when you can join the rest of the congregation in prayer. Now, if you have specific prayer requests, excuse me, I can't, I'm not speaking well today, uh, please direct your, uh, your prayer request to Dr. Millicent Black or to Minister Juanita Purdy. Uh, if you would refer to the newsletter, their email addresses are in the newsletter. However, you can also send any prayer requests directed to them to our church email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com. That's refugefromstorm at aol.com. That test has asked that we give a little, uh, not a little attention, but some specific attention to a movement called Hashtag Silence is Not Spiritual. And she's asking for, for uh, all of us to go to that particular website, and it's silenceisnotspiritual.org. And although the, the primary focus of the movement was between Lent and Easter, you can still go to that website and uh, respond by letting them know that you stand with and stand up for women who are experiencing violence. And we are certainly in that particular situation right now, and many of us had, have had that experience in our past. So uh, we're asking all brothers and sisters in Christ who support that effort, please uh, go to silenceisnotspiritual.org and lend your support. And please remember that our monthly prayer focus for April is the church, and in specific, our from the storm. Always remember that we we do have an adversary, and he certainly does not want the church to succeed. Uh, he stands against Christ, and we stand uh, God, and we stand against anyone that stands against God. So when you enter your personal prayer time, please include Refuge from the Storm Church family in your prayers. Please pray for the church universal and always include your immediate and extended families and a special um, consideration to TIs around the world. Cities, our states, our regions, and our nation also and its leaders also need your prayers. Remember, the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. I thank you very much for your attention to the announcements. And please remember, if that this is a church service, so if you have any noise or sounds in your background where you are, 
please con- be considerate and mute your phones if you don't mind. So I thank you again for your attention. Now Sister Elka Morris will come with an opening song, and she will be followed by Elder Carolyn Cunningham, who will lead us through the rest of the worship service. I'm singing um, Saturate Me, but I'll change that to Saturate Us. Saturate us in your anointing. Saturate us in your presence. We've got to have more of your anointing in our lives. Saturate us, O Lord, today. Saturate us in your anointing. Saturate us in your presence. We've got to have more of your anointing in our lives. Saturate us, O Lord, today. So we wait, O Lord, as the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst and we wait O Lord for your manifest presence to come and touch us come and refresh us come and fill us Lord today saturate us in your anointing saturate us in your presence We've got to have more of your anointing in our lives. Saturate us, O Lord, today. So we wait, O Lord, as the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst. And we wait, O Lord, for your manifest presence to come and touch us, come and refresh us, come and fill us, Lord, today. Come and fill us, Lord, today. Come and fill us, Lord, today. Amen. 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 The scripture today is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also exalted him and given him 
the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for your love and for the love of your son Jesus that we experience every day through his life, his ultimate sacrifice of death on the cross, and his resurrection. Help us to know that Jesus' love prevails over hatred, fear, violence, and death. Help us to follow the many examples of his love for us by living in his love. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, show us how to love you, our neighbor, and ourselves. Give us peace through this love that goes beyond anything we can imagine so that we can, even in the storms and troubles of this life, rest in you knowing that all things are under your care and governed by your will. Guide us by your love and your Holy Spirit so that with a quiet heart we can see through the storms of life and know that all we experience in the good and the bad, you are with us. Help us, Father, to accept your guidance and protection all the days of our lives to eternity with you in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. 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 Now we'll have a worship song entitled, I Don't Believe He's Brought Me This Far to Leave Me by James Cleveland. That will be followed by the altar prayer, which will be offered today by Sister Cassandra Lewis.
Father, we thank you that you are a God who can be known and that you share who you are with us because we love, serve, and and worship you. Help us to share all of you that you have put in us, the words with others as well. And Father God, we say this and pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Cassandra. Now we'll have a worship song entitled Tomorrow by the Winans. That will be followed by our message of the week. To be delivered today by Reverend and our pastor, Millicent Black. Tomorrow, I'll get around to 
your hopes and dreams are down, your life is going down the tubes, it seems. But you can still be productive in the kingdom of God if you'll just dare to talk to someone else about Jesus. And the fact that these are signs of the time that were talked about in the Bible. And we can't stop what is coming any more than we can stop what is happening to us right now. I give thanks and praise to God, our Father, to Jesus, our Savior, and our Lord, and to the Holy Spirit, our helper, our intercessor, and our teacher. I welcome you and thank you for your presence on this another Saturday, another Sabbath day, another day of rest. I am proud to acknowledge to those of you who are new and those of you who are regulars, our ministry team, for God has given us a very strong ministry team. We have uh, Elder Carolyn Cunningham, who is our worship leader for today. We have Minister Juanita Purdy, who leads our prayer team meeting on Saturday morning. We have our mentor and advisor, Reverend Dr. Robert E. Jones, who actually retired from active pastoring several years ago and got pulled back into the pulpit, and so he's now um, leading a church in Dayton, Ohio. We have our talented administrative assistant, Sister Gloria Sterling McGill. I pray that you are receiving and appreciating those stellar newsletters that she is able to produce each week with magnificent color and lots of words of encouragement. And I want to personally thank each of you for the part that you play in what God is doing in this hour in which we live. Thank you, Sister Cassandra Lewis and Sister Helena Thompson for managing our call and playing our music each week. Uh, these ladies are responsible for muting and unmuting when necessary to maintain the reverence of the service. And thank you, Sister Elka Morris, who opens our worship service each week with our opening song and is doing a marvelous job. Thanks to each of you for what you do. And to glory, to God be the glory, we live all across these United States from California to Maryland and Washington, D.C. I think I heard Pennsylvania is in the house this afternoon, St. Louis, Missouri to Ohio, Kentucky, Washington State, Florida, Tennessee, and even up into Canada. And you would not know that we're working together. We actually bring these uh, services together each week by conference call and by the grace of God. Our scripture for today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. And I'm going to pull in as we talk uh, through verses 36 through 43, which, which will be the, mean, the meaning of the parable of the weeds. So I'll be reading the parable of the weeds among the wheat. Verse 24 says, he put before them another parable, he being Jesus, and Jesus liked to talk to the disciples and to the people 
in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, and they went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the household came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into the barn. Let us pray. Great and mighty God, I come to you, Lord, this afternoon to thank you for this, another opportunity, O oh God, to share your word. Lord, you know what has happened to me throughout this day, God. You know all the opposition. You know all the obstacles, God. You know all of the ditches that have been dug, oh, God, by just one adversary and his spirit being yielded to the devil. Oh, but, God, I yield my spirit to you this afternoon. I, God, ask you to allow me to decrease as you increase in me, oh, God, don't just Increase in me, Lord God, for my sake, but increase in me, O oh God, that the word of the living God might be heard, and that the word heard might be encouragement to the people who listen and who hears it. Father God, as we turn our attention to the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it may be, may be in my lifetime, God, it could be in my children, it could be in my grand, grandchildren, because Ever since I was a little girl, I've been looking for Jesus to come again. But one thing we do know, the days have, that have been are not going to be again. We are much closer now than we was when I was a little girl. And so, God, thank you that your promises are true, Lord. We thank you, O oh God, that though the enemy is still sowing weeds among the wheat, you still know the exact time that you'll send in the harvesters, O oh God. You know exactly when you'll separate the wheat from the tear. And we pray, O oh God, that we'll be found in the, in the wheat. That we'll be found, O oh God, among those who will be taken into the barn because you would have found good in us. Lord, thank you for blessing your word. Now bless us as we listen for what you would say. Speak to us individually, O oh God. Cause each person to hear you speak to them, O oh God, about their situation, about their circumstance. Give each person, I pray, God, encouragement, Lord, that what we're going through is not in vain. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the title of the message is one that I've used in the past. I'm sharing it again today. An enemy has done this. An enemy has done this. 
Have you been walking along and you saw graffiti on a wall that had been beautifully painted, and that wall it may be in a public place, it could be in a neighborhood, and someone has taken spray paint and put ugly words on it, words you don't want to look at. They've drawn pictures that are distorted and bring no good feelings to the looker on. Have you been one who has gone and wondered what in the world, who would do something like this? Generally, it would be an enemy of the neighborhood, an enemy of the people that live in that area that have kept it nice and kept things looking, uh, lawns manicured and, and, and trash picked up. That's what we would consider an enemy. Or you know how sometimes it doesn't even have to be Halloween anymore that some neighbor's yard gets rolled with toilet paper. They go to bed at night and everything's fine. Get up in the morning and there's toilet paper everywhere, the trees and sometimes all around the the shrubbery and just everywhere you see toilet paper. And you wonder, who in the world would do something like this? An enemy. An enemy would do something like that. Other times we can plant, some people take really great pains at planting grass seeds. You know, they'll get the the best grass seed and they'll mix it sometimes with ground cover. I've been, been marveling at, at the yard here where I'm living. Uh, they This week was the first week it's been cut, I think, since last fall. And, boy, it was so much weeds growing up. And all I could see were weeds. And when they came in and cut down the grass, all that was left was ground cover. You couldn't see the beauty of the ground cover because the weeds were growing up. And I dared to challenge each of us to think about the weeds that have been growing up in our lives. Sometimes they grow because we have failed to spend that time with God that would pull those weeds out and allow the good seed to grow up. Sometimes we have been too busy to give care to our gardens. And what happens when we don't care for our gardens is someone else comes and they may throw tin cans in it. They may throw candy wrappers in it and, and from a spiritual perspective, we know who our enemies are, and they know how to throw all kinds of garbage in our garden when we don't care for them. And still sometimes we can take all the care in the world. We can read our scripture in the morning and read our scripture at night. We can spend time with God in prayer, boy, getting up at those 530 hours, sacrificing that time with God listening to gospel music through the day, doing everything right, and still we find weeds coming up in our lives. An enemy did it. An enemy has done this. Jesus often taught in parables, which was defined by the Greek as to throw or place alongside. For our purposes, a parable is something placed alongside 
an event, an occurrence, um, for purposes of comparison. It is a metaphor used to compare a religious truth with a common experience or circumstance that occurs in life. Jesus often used parables with the disciples because he would explain some of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven that were not yet to be revealed unto everyone. In fact, often those who walked with Jesus were privy to the real meaning of stories that Jesus told in what we would call secret code. One scholar wrote that Jesus often turned to parables to communicate deep spiritual messages. And believe it or not, everyone isn't ready to receive the deep messages. Everyone can't quite understand the hidden treasures of the mystery of the word of God. I like one reference to the mysteries that only children of God can know. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul states, but we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When we look back to Isaiah 53, we see prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement, the punishment necessary to bring us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Even as far back as in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, where it talks about what we would call Jesus. And it said the government would be upon his shoulders. And throughout the Old Testament, there were prophecies given of the coming of the, of the, the birth and the life and the the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But when Jesus came, he didn't fit the description of what was expected. And so the adversary did not expect that Jesus could fulfill what they were what they were waiting for. And so they mocked him. They mocked him through his life. They mocked him in the courtroom. They mocked him on the cross, saying this is it for him. And that's what Paul meant when he said if they had known what they were doing, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. And glory simply means the manifested presence of God. If they had known what they were doing, they would have never tried to get rid of God's manifested presence. But that's what we're looking up for now. That's what we're turning our eyes toward the sky for now as we look again for the second time that the Lord will manifest his presence among us. Paul goes on to say, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through his spirit. 
And you know what? When God reveals something by spirit, if you don't have the spirit, you'll never understand what God is saying. Thus, it's necessary for us to accept Jesus into our hearts and know that when we accept Jesus into our hearts, he sends the Holy Spirit to move in and to make sure that everything gets cleaned up the way it needs to. The Holy Spirit would be responsible for separating the wheat from the tear in our lives and in our hearts. Sometimes he'll tell you that those friends have to go. They aren't the kind that you need to hang around with now that the Holy Spirit has come. Sometimes he'll tell you all those old words you're saying that they're not quite what you need to have in a cleaned-up temple because our temple, our bodies become the place where the Holy Spirit now lives, and we want to keep it clean so that he'll be welcome to stay there. When the Holy Spirit moves in, we then are not free to go where we used to go anymore. Those stand-up comedy clubs where they use all those four-letter words that I would always be embarrassed about, so I just never went. We can't take the Holy Spirit in there. So just think about it. Places that you would go and you would be embarrassed if God were to show up, those are the places you can't go anymore when the Holy Spirit moves into your life. He's cleaning out, tearing out the wheat, the the tears from among the wheat. The wheat is the good stuff that will be left in your life. The wheat are the fruit that comes from the seed of the spirit of the living God in your life, that love and joy and peace, that goodness and meekness and and, and, and self-control, that, that wheat is represented by the fruit that is born in the life of the Christian. So if the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Jews had known the plan of God, Paul assures us that Satan would not have been able to use them to crucify Jesus. In fact, Satan would have done anything but crucify Jesus because the crucifixion meant his permanent defeat. It meant that from then until eternity, he would no longer be able to say he had victory over God's people. So Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 13, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, to the world, it has not been given. So the disciples' ears and eyes had been opened by Jesus that they would be able to understand. We talked about that on Wednesday night, that road to Emmaus, where the disciples walked with Jesus and they talked with Jesus and they thought he was a stranger and they were still moaning and groaning and grieving the loss of their leader. And they said to the stranger, didn't you hear about him getting crucified last week? And he died. And we just don't know what we're going to do now. And Jesus just allowed them to walk and talk with him some more. And finally he opened their eyes and allowed them to see that they were actually talking with the Savior. And he was risen just as he has promised. I visited Disney World one year with my children, and as we walked through that theme park, many of the people there, they looked just like we did, and I knew they were all Americans until they began to speak 
when they began to speak, their language was very different from ours, and we couldn't understand a word they said. Have you ever been around foreigners who would stop speaking English in front of you and start to speak in their native tongue, and you felt left out? This is what is happening right now, even in the world that we're living in now, because the world does not understand Jesus. The world does not understand the promises of God. The world does not understand what it means to so yield your life to a man that you don't see and to a spirit that you can't hear speaking audibly to you, that you would do nothing to offend them. So this is what Jesus did when he talked to the disciples. He talked to them in in a language that the world could not understand. The meaning of the parables that Jesus taught is of utmost importance to Christians today. It's especially important to those who hear from the perpetrators that our salvation is at stake due to what they can do to us. These are the same people They are. They're the same ones that crucified Jesus. And can't you see they didn't learn the lesson? Satan is still promoting the lie that he defeated Jesus when Jesus actually defeated him. However, Jesus gave the meaning of the parable is this. The one who sows the seed, the good seed, is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. That's you and I. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. So the meaning of the parable tells us several truths that I want us to hold on to until Jesus comes. First of all, the owner knew what he had planted. We are God's garden. And rest assured that God knows what kind of seed God has planted in you. The seed that God plants, Jesus has already told us, is the kind that produces God's glory. He wouldn't plant Kentucky bluegrass if he wanted ground cover like clover. He wouldn't plant lies in our lives to be able to control us and say, obey me or else. God only plants truth. And when truth is planted, God sends light in proportion to night that the seeds may grow properly. He does not withhold the storms, the rain, or the wind from the plants for fear that they will not make it. No, God sends the storm. He sends the rain, and he allows the winds to blow to prove to the plant that it will rise back up as soon as the storm is over. God also sends the sun to warm and to dry the plant, which makes the plant even stronger. It's kind of like when you break a bone. I was told that when the bone mends back together, it's stronger than ever before. 
Second of all, the owner went to bed in confidence. God, who knows all, knew that the enemy was up to something. God advises us in the Psalms that he has given his angels charge over us, and we can be still and know that he, God, is God. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 that there is enough trouble tomorrow to take care of itself. So go to bed and let God handle the outcome. But you've got to make the decision to follow God today. Paul told us to be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, to let our requests be made known unto God. And Peter told us to cast all of our care onto God because God cares for us. Remember, the owner went to bed in confidence. God says, if I'm going to stay up all night, you may as well go to bed. But if you're going to stay up all night, I may as well go to bed. God would not worry about the activity of the devil because God knew that the devil would do what the devil does. Have you all found that out in your life? After all, God told Jeremiah, I know the plan I have for you and for you and for you. God knows that his plans are for good and not for evil. So when something grows in your life other than what God intended, don't you think God sees it? God says we're tattooed to the palm of his hand, and our walls are ever before him. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Isaiah 43. God speaks by saying, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Now, I've just described what a plant of wheat might go through, and so shall you and I. The water might be the rain of a rainstorm. The rivers could be a flood across the garden that flows. And the fire could be the scorching fire of the sun that would beam down on a plant during a drought. In our lives, the water could be the character assassination that's thrown at us. The rivers could be the flood of lies that we have to deal with day after day. The fire could be the many different ways in which we are assaulted by what's called directed energy weapons or electromagnetic frequencies. But God says when we go through any of it, he's with us. Next, the garden was not the same once the enemy got through with it. Our lives will not be either. Once the enemy gets through with all of the things that they have thrown at us, we're not the same. But I tell you what, Minister Juanita said a couple of times this morning, don't let your adversities make you bitter. Let them make you better. I mean, be determined that come what may, I'm not going down. And if I should stumble and fall, I'm not staying down. That's the way we have to meet the enemies in our lives. Even the workers noticed the change in the garden and thought to that the weeds was going to overtake the garden. But recognize the wisdom of the owner to instruct them to wait for the harvest. There are some important points to remember about these scriptures. 
By the time the mistress was discovered, the roots had become intertwined together. To pull up the weed might also mean pulling up the wheat, and that would be before the wheat was full grown and could produce an income for the owner. What happens to us when sin enters our life, whether by invitation or by force? It changes us. It changes the course of our lives that leads away from the plan of God. When sin comes by force, God has to get it out. He sends the Holy Spirit to strengthen us to make the right choice, to give Jesus lordship again. You might be thinking the devil can't make anyone do anything. I ask you the question, can he? What happens in the world today is the force of electromagnetic radiation that is being used to change your mind. It can be used to change your decisions, your judgment, and your emotions. Any of these changes can lead one to sin. How blessed we are that God spoke to Samuel by saying man sees the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. Aren't you glad that God sees the heart after some of the behavior that we have seen that's come at us unawares? The second thing that happens when sin comes in, it has to be taken out by choice. You have to get it out by repenting, by turning, and getting back in your place with God. Once Satan has led you to sin, guilt and shame moves in. When guilt and shame takes up residence, we tend to run and hide. Do you remember all the running and hiding that David had to do as a result of the sin that took up residence in his home? David finally ran to God with prayer, and he said it like this. Creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renewing me the right spirit. Do you remember how Jesus would often use the phrase that God would be glorified? This is another reason that the owner would not allow the tares to be immediately pulled out of the field with the wheat. Men needed to know that God ruled even over the plans of the devil. Satan needed to know that God was not letting him get away with anything, and he could only go as long as God allowed. And I'll remind you today about your own life, about your own situation, about the circumstances that have been erected in your life as a result of what the enemy is doing. You have been considered. I remember talking to a lady once, and she said, I went to a revival in another town the other night, and she said that the, the minister got up and he preached from the book of Job. You remember the story of Job, that, that the angels was coming to God for assignment in the morning, and Satan came up in there, and God asked Satan, why are you here? What, what do you want? Satan says, I'm just looking for who I can devour. You know what God's response to him was? Have you tried my servant Job? Well, you can put your name in that situation. Have you tried my servant? Call your own name. Because that's why you're in this situation. God challenged Satan about you. She told me, she said, no, since the title of that man's uh, sermon that night was, Have You Been Considered? Well, I want each of you to go to the mirror as soon as the service is over. Look in yourself in the eye and tell yourself you've been considered by God. 
That's not an embarrassment. That's an encouragement because God knew you could stand the test of time. God knew that the harvest he wanted was not yet ready to be reaped, but he knew it was still in the garden. God wasn't concerned about whether or not he looked out and saw all that tear. And he also was wise enough to know that the wheat was still in there. And that's the way it is with us. He hasn't plucked us up yet because he knows that what he's planted in us is still there. He knows that exactly the plans that he had for you before the world began has still just as much chance of coming to pass today as it did when this thing began to happen in your life. Seed takes time to grow. It needs love, which is water, and tender care, which is the watchful eye of God. The harvest for your life and mine is the end of the matter that God planned for us. The weed and the enemy was sown in our lives cannot survive if we stay in God's hands. The seed God sowed in our lives called victorious, overcomer, more than a conqueror. The rest of this pericope describes what happened when the owner of the wheat field knew that it was time to reap the harvest. The scripture says that the owner sent the angels to reap the spiritual harvest from the world that was sown in love by Jesus Christ. Those who would be saved by accepting the completed work of Jesus at Calvary became those who the angels would save from the evil one. And you know what today? The harvest is still plentiful, and the laborers are few. We still have the charge to go and tell the good news, just like the women at the, at the stone that morning. Not by removing them from Satan's grip, but by removing Satan and his demons from the world is how the angels intended to separate the wheat and the tear. The workers could only see in the natural and wanted to pull up the weeds as perhaps they had done many times before. However, the owner had something much more eternal in mind. The word says the Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire. The causes of sin and the evildoers will then go into the fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I get excited when I read, when I read, and, and I got excited when I read in Ezekiel chapter 9 how God told the angels to go and place his mark in the forehead of his people. And after they'd gone through and marked everybody that belonged to God, God told them then, now you go back and you destroy everything else in the town. Aren't you glad God's mark is on you? Aren't you glad God knew when the tears started coming up in your life that they, that wasn't you? He knew that wasn't was planted in your life. But the false Christians, the false prophets, the false teachers, God knows everyone who is his. And he knows everyone who is not. 
He knows who loves him and who wants to serve him in obedience. God also knows every time someone has tripped you to make you fall. He saw every time you got up, dusted yourself off, and got back in line. God remembers every time you've repented for yourself or for what someone made you do. God also heard you when you stood in the gap for the other saints of God. So this parable ends with the exhortation similar to that of those who went on the fast that God requires in Isaiah 58. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their God. We're the righteous, not by by what we've done, but by what Jesus has done. The enemy is the one who comes to destroy us. Jesus said the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. He said, but I have come that they may have life and that more abundantly. So rest assured, we don't have to stay up at night worrying about what the enemy is doing, what they're saying, who they're going to get to say what, what they're going to do next. We don't have to worry about that. That's considered to be tears in our life, tears in God's garden. And that's what we are to God, his garden. He knows exactly when to send the angels in. And the angels know exactly what they're looking for. But God will see the fruit of righteousness that was planted in our lives, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the goodness. He'll see all of that and recognize that we are here. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Milton, for your inspiring message about God's plans for the harvest within us. Now, let us prepare ourselves to receive Holy Communion in our hearts and in our bodies. As the worship song, I pray, will be ready by the Chicago Mass Choir is played, let us gather our elements for communion. Our, it could be a cracker or a piece of bread, water, juice, or wine. I check if I'm unmuted. You're not muted. Okay. 
Amen. Amen. I pray that you've gotten your your bread or your crackers, your um, juice, your water, or your um, wine, I guess, um, for our communion service. So I invite you to this table of the Lord as Jesus did the disciples just before he went to Calvary. In the name of the one who said, I am the bread of life. This is the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is here that we remember how he gave his body and his blood to save us. On the night he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and after giving thanks to God, broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us even unto death. Send your spirit upon us so that we may know that all who eat and drink at your table in our congregation and around the world are one body, one holy people. The bread of life, Jesus' body broken, for you, you may eat the bread. After supper, Jesus took the cup of wine and after giving thanks, gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, remember me. Let us pray. Lord, give us clean hearts, forgiving hearts, praising hearts. As we drink this, we join with our brothers and sisters in heaven and on earth, giving thanks to you in an endless song of praise. Amen. The blood of Christ was shed for you. You may drink. We have come to the Lord's table. We have eaten the bread of heaven. The Holy Spirit will transform us from within so that we can see with Jesus' eyes, hear with Jesus' ears, speak with Jesus' mouth, feel the world as Jesus feels, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Go into your week nourished by the bread of life. Amen. Amen. Now we'll have a song of celebration of the Holy Eucharist. For God so loved the world by Vanessa Bell Armstrong. That will be followed by the invitation to discipleship, which Sister Kim Straub will offer today. Thank you. 
Amen. We are at the point in the worship service where we will offer the invitation of discipleship. If you are on the call tonight and you desire to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please remember, Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of the rope. Some steps to take on the road to salvation. Admit you can't save yourself from your sin. Be willing to repent, turn away from sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer of salvation. Dear God, I know I'm not able to save myself from sin. I know I'm not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the sin, the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Unite with Refuge from the Storm Church or a Bible-based church in your local community. Start reading the Bible, and you can email us at mgrace321 at gmail.com, mgrace321 at gmail.com to become a member for prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. Amen. Thank you, Sister Kim. Now we'll have our closing worship song, which will be He Looks Beyond My Thoughts by Albertina Walker. This will be followed by the benediction which Reverend Millicent Black will offer.
and anguish and as we suffer sometimes through the night and the day that we wonder what in the world is happening, what is going on, what is happening in America and around the world. An enemy has done this and God knows who the enemy is. God knows how to subdue the enemy, but more than that, look yourself in the mirror after the service and tell yourself you have been considered. God considered you for this task. I want to invite you all to meet us at Bible study on Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the same number. Uh, so meet us, um, gee, meet us Monday morning at 5.30 a.m. Uh, we have great pre- great time of prayer. We, we are, are building our prayer muscles as we meet each, each morning. Next Saturday morning at 11.30, for those of you who can't make it through the week, week, we have our our prayer team meeting, and then back here again next Saturday at 6 p.m. I pray that you have heard something today that has encouraged you, that has given you some hope, and has made you more determined to stand and wait and see what God's going to do. For he doesn't know, does indeed know how to separate the wheat from the tear. And for our benediction. For those of you who desire prayer, uh, stay on the call after the recording is ended, and we will be happy to pray with you. May the God of peace, who raised Christ from the dead, strengthen your inner being for every good work, and may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Gloria, can you see if you can end the call? Um, No, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm not logged in with the... um, Oh, okay. Cassandra, are you there? Yes, I'm I'm here. I didn't start the recording, but let me see if I can end it. Okay. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.